This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh my God, I have chills. <laughs> what happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? What up, everyone? Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm going to jump in real quick because today is May 11th. The episode that was released today was Lauren Giddings, and in it, we discuss possibly covering the Natalie Holloway case because we knew her, we went to high school with her. Mm-hmm. That happened to fall the day after it was announced that Yaron is getting extradited to the U.S. to answer for his extra, I mean, for his extortion charge. Um, I got that alert. I had taken Unisom last night. I got that alert at like 930 or whatever, that news alert. And I was like, I had to push through the Unisom tiredness and work on a post. <laughs> it's anything for the gram slash talk. Oh, sure. Now, oh, it, that, the article started rolling in from listeners, from friends, but like, holy shit, did y'all just see this? I'm like, I can't go to sleep now. My heart's racing. Yeah, my my phone was blowing up. I was like, I am neck deep in reading all of these articles. It is crazy. I now it's temporary. Obviously. Right. Peru said, yeah, he can go answer for these charges in our hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, just where I want him to be. The warmest of welcomes. Oh my God, he's gonna miss Peru prison. (laughs) (laughs) But we did get some comments on that post of like, wait, is he being charged with murder? So no, a little background. In 2010, he reached out to Beth Holloway, that's Natalie's mom, her attorney through email saying, I'll tell y'all where Natalie is for $250,000. And they're mm-hmm. like, that's bullshit. So already, this is going to be an extortion at the very least. Mm-hmm. So they contact the FBI. The FBI is like, great, let's send them 25 grand. They do it. Exchange of money happens. And then um, he essentially, they're like, we'll give you the rest when you tell us where it is. And he emails saying like, JK. Well, he leads them to a house and says, she's in the foundation of that house. My father helps me. Who? <laughs> oh, yeah. You threw your dead father under the bus. Fine. Well, and we we knew he helped him. That part I believe. That part I believe. That part I believe too. But that particular house was built before 2005. It was clearly bullshit. And then he sent a very creepy email to John Q. Kelly, the attorney, admitting that it was bullshit. It was worthless information. And essentially, I'm not a good guy. Therefore, I'm not going to tell you. Or I'm like, are you dumb? We email. we got you. <laughs> yeah. well, he does. I guess he doesn't know the laws. And yes, he's dumb. He's a fucking whatever. Anyway, and he's like, so, I hope we can put this to bed. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just took. No, that's not no. how this works. And you just got it started 
all up again on a whole new charge. So mm -hmm. F off. Anyway, so now he has to answer for that. Very exciting. But what really kept me up last night, I could not believe this. Okay. In Beth's statement about it, she said, I had 18 years with Natalie. Now I've had 18 years without her. I'm like, whoa. I know. Ooh. She'd be 36. I mean, I know. Like, we're about to be 36. I get it. I knew that. But I'm like, whoa, it has been 18 years. I know. Th that blows my mind. It's Gone so, without a trace. So sad. I know. And seeing but, all her friends around town just like become moms themselves it's just crazy oh it's so sad it's heartbreaking mm -hmm. um but i got on reddit this morning to be like surely everything's a buzz about this like i want to talk about this and no one had posted it in the true crime subreddit so i posted a link it immediately like no one had said anything so it immediately people are commenting blah 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 of course it gets removed because i broke some stupid rule where i did <laughs> God. we've reddit. been on reddit for a year now and still getting in trouble with every damn post um it's a it's not even the podcast subreddit it's just true crime i'm not sitting there reading your manual of rules i can't i thought reddit was a wild wild west you post whatever you want so i read the rule and it was like you didn't provide enough background in the first comment you're supposed to do that if you have a link i'm like oh okay i provided background but it needed to be more characters so i was like fine repost it with the characters just a second ago, I got an alert, removed, personal information. I was like, what? It says no personal stories. And I was like, excuse me? The last line I said, this one hits close because I knew Natalie. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's not a personal story. Calm the fuck down. But and people it, would want to know personal stories. And that's what I said. So people are I, interested in that, you idiots. That's what it made me think of our question from the last episode of like would people be interested in this because before it got deleted 30 seconds later there was like 100 comments and a few of them the ones I could get to before it was gone a screenshot and it was like if you don't mind me asking like how did your school change after this if you were a junior and she was a senior um, oh interesting because, questions yeah, like yeah. were you on the trip did you know her did you ever hang out like all these questions I was like I see I think people kind of are interested in that I don't know. Just let us know. Yeah. I mean, I'm game. I don't want to talk to a few people to see if it's okay. I think yeah. it would be. I think it I would be. I just don't. I wouldn't want her friends to think that we're saying we we're best friends or anything. We weren't. Uh, no. I mean, I don't think they would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. Anyway, so. God, Reddit. Is there like a um a rebuttal, whatever it's called, my mind's not working, but you like know, a, 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 can you. Like re have them review it? Yeah, contest it or whatever. No. What's the no. word I'm looking for? Oh, dispute it. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> it's a big word. It's hard to uh, remember sometimes. No, you can't do that on Reddit. Of course not. Hey, if y'all are on Reddit, y'all can join the People Are the Worst pod subreddit. Post whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I'm guess sure. what? We're moderators and we don't give a damn. I mean, short of spam, but like personal story, sure. If it's please. on topic, please be my guest. So anyway. God. Forget it. Real quick, Patreon shoutouts, Bonnie and Meg. Thank y'all so much for joining. Welcome to the fam. Welcome. I'm gonna jump in soon, but I think Rebecca had a feel-good story. She said she wanted oh, yeah. to tell, which is so nice. Very um rare on this podcast here at People Are the Worst. I know. Well, first I wanted I couldn't decide if I wanted to share this, but Rachel and I often 
call each other after an episode airs with regrets on what we wish what we wish we had said or something funny that we thought of. And her latest one that she just called me about was about Christina Parcell episode. She was a just go listen to two episodes back. She was a vet who had sex with dogs. Allegedly. Allegedly. And a vet tech. And I can't believe you're telling this. And I've revealed that when I lived in Greenville, my dog actually went to her vet. And she called me to say that she regrets not saying, did she lure Onyx to an early bird dinner? <laughs> no, I thought about it during the recording, but I thought you were going to be like, cut that. It's so insensitive. But I'm like, to who? Onyx? Did she lure <laughs> Onyx? To an early bird Alpo dinner. <laughs> That's my question. It's just like usually our regrets are so much more meaningful, but she regrets not making a joke about bestiality. So, so back to my feel good story. I've had a rough week. Um, my son keeps getting ear infections. We went to the ENT, didn't get the best news that he's. There's a lot of fluid in his ears. He's going to get tubes. It's going to be fine. But it was a bad morning. I was leaving the parking deck. I, I was alone. My husband couldn't be there. And I was struggling to get him into the car. And it was just bad work week. And I got to the parking attendant to pay for my parking. And she said that a woman had already paid for me. That is so, so nice. I was like, what? She's like the woman in front of you paid for you. I was like, why? She's like, I don't know. I was like, she saw me struggling and visibly pregnant and probably crying. And yeah, I, I don't even think I was crying. I, I didn't even let my emotions get the best makes us feeling so defeated. I was just like over it, but she could tell she could tell. And she helped me out. And that is the nicest. I'm going to pay it forward. That's so nice. Okay. I think that's it for the topics. I'm going to jump in to tell you about Carmen Smith and Lottie Spencer. Sources, Dateline, abcnews.com, the AJC, which is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and Marietta Daily Journal. Lottie Spencer moved to Cobb County, Georgia in 1995 with her 10-year-old daughter, Christina. Their downstairs neighbors were 30-year-old Delta flight attendant, Carmen Smith, and her five-year-old son, Nick. It's like a single family home, but each story is an apartment. So Carmen and Nick rented downstairs, Lottie and Christina rented upstairs. Like ours? But pre-conversion? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Perf. On Monday, October 23rd, 1995, the two kids, Nick and Christina, got off the school bus together and walked home. Carmen's car was in the driveway, so they went downstairs to find her. Christina stayed, stayed by the door, but five-year-old Nick walked in, and when he turned the corner, he saw a man he didn't know with a mask and gloves on, and the man had a knife. Mm. The man stabbed Nick 18 times and then ran out the, back, the backsliding door, leaving him for dead. Nick is five years old. <gasps> 18 times? 18 times. A kindergartner. Oh, <gasps> Christina was by the door, and I guess he didn't see her because she ran upstairs and got her babysitter, Catherine, and Catherine's boyfriend, Scott. Catherine and Scott ran downstairs, and Scott stopped by the garage to get, grab an axe in case someone was still in there, but he dropped it the second he saw how badly Nick was hurt. Oh. Nick was unresponsive and not breathing, so Scott shakes him a little bit, even smacks him. 
He's trying to get him to respond. He started yelling at him that he was not going to die today. Oh, my God. You were the one who did not want to do kids. I'm telling you, it's okay. Because Nick all of a sudden pops up <gasps> and he says, you're not going to die today. He pops up. Baby. So Scott picks Nick up and presses him against his chest pretty hard to try to stop the bleeding. Then he starts running down the street, yelling at neighbors to call 911, which I believe Christina and Catherine already had. Mm -hmm. When the cops get there, they find Carmen dead under a blanket in the apartment. She had been stabbed and strangled. So she was already dead when Nick and Christina got there. Wait, sorry. You know, my mom wanders sometimes. Um, <laughs> That's me. great. That's great. Thank you. You tell me who Carmen is again. You're kidding. I swear to God. <laughs> um, she's Nick's mom. She lived in the downstairs of the house with Nick, her five-year-old son. Thir she's a 30-year-old flight attendant. Oh, I thought she was by the door and you said the killer didn't see her. No, Christina, Lottie and Christina. Christina's the 10-year-old daughter of Lottie. They live upstairs. Oh. Nick and Christina, the two kids, went to school together and rode the bus together. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. You know, sometimes let me know if he gets the best of you. All right. Sorry. Let me let me know if you need a refresher course again. <laughs> Five minutes in. Yeah. I mean, page two. Detective John Doss is assigned to her case. Christina, the 10-year-old daughter, called Lottie, her mom, at work, and Lottie hauled ass home. Now, this is sort of starting out like the Kay Parsons story, which was mm -hmm. episode four, 42, where the neighbor did it. They were friends. It is not. I assure okay. you. You're like, I see where this is going. No, I know. It's not that. Meanwhile, Nick is in the hospital having emergency surgery. He's in critical condition, but ultimately the doctors tell his family that he's going to survive, which is a miracle considering how much blood he lost. I mean, 18 times where? And the torso? All over. All over. God. When he woke up from surgery, his dad and aunt told him about his mom, which I can't. Ugh. And back at the apartment, they find a broken knife blade, a piece of rope, which they suspect was used to strangle Carmen. They also collect fingerprints, some blood samples, hair and fiber found on the blanket that was on top of her body. I just, your target was Carmen, obviously. A five-year-old's not going to stop you. Why stab him? You and really had to get that five-year-old out of the way. Come on. You're wearing a mask, too. I mean, he's probably not going to identify right. you. <gasps> People are so annoying. Right. So everyone's baffled. They have no idea who would want to hurt Carmen and Nick. Maybe, maybe Nick was a target. They're like, why? What's going on? But Lottie tells police she's pretty sure she knows what happened and who's behind it. And she has a hell of a story. Whoa. Okay. Several months before the murder in 1994, 30-year-old Lottie had joined a paintball team. She was captain, and one of her teammates was a 17-year-old Georgia Tech student named Wasim Dacre. Dacre was kind of a loner. It didn't seem like he had anyone in his life to talk to, so she felt bad for him and assumed like a big sister role. He opened up to her a lot, and he really started to latch on to Lottie. Before long... It was getting a little too close for comfort. He was calling her at home and at work just to talk. Mm -mm. She, uh, she finally sat him down and was more or less like, this is a little much. I have a life. I'm a single mom. 
stop trying to command all my time. Dacre did not love that and things escalated. He started calling more and more, sometimes a hundred times a day. Oh no. And what started as annoying became full on harassment. And he was getting more and more bold. This He's, is so annoying. She was just trying to be nice. I know. It's, it always happens like that. Where I'm like, all right, everyone, we just all have to be a bitch to people. Everyone. Yeah. That's it. No feeling I, sorry for people. God, what is the world coming to? <laughs> for real. Asshole for everyone. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting attitude. You're getting attitude. You're getting a bitch today. You're getting a bitch today. Yeah. Uh, he would scream at the top of his lungs that he was going to get her. He threatened to slit her daughter's throat right in front of her. He also started breaking in. She came home from work once and her underwear was hanging on the doorknob. And a few days after that, her bra was hanging on the doorknob. Uh -uh. It was just bizarre. And it gets so much worse. Oh, my God. Once she came home from work and walked into her bedroom and Dacre was standing there naked, only wearing a garter hose and garter belt, staring at himself in the mirror. Ew. (laughs) I'll give you a minute to let that sink in. Garter hose and a garter belt is what I said. Staring at himself in the mirror. What? Whose were they? She can't. Yes. Well, actually, maybe he brought him himself. I That's don't what I'm know. like. Wait, who has a garter hose and a garter belt? Oh my yeah. God. Dacre does. She came home more than once to find him hiding in her bedroom or in her, in her daughter's closet. No. 911, what's your emergency? Come on. Twice, he showed up with a gun and she had to talk him out of using it. Oh my God. Then he came to their house with a knife threatening her and her daughter. I don't think the daughter was there, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back because he had always told her that he could get away with a perfect murder and she was really scared that he was officially planning it. Sorry, I'm not trying to victim blame, but there are so many dispatchers that would be so interested in hearing all of this. Like They want to hear all about it. Okay. Throughout, she like still feels bad for him. It's weird. We'll get to it. So, mm. but this, she calls the cops. And in August 1995, he's arrested. But he's released on bond with the order that he stays away from Lottie and her daughter. He, of course, does not listen. Mm-mm. It didn't specify how. I think the phone call started again. But in September 1995, a month later, he's arrested again. And this time he's sent to a psychiatric hospital. While he's in the psychiatric hospital, Lottie packed up everything. And that's when and why they moved to Cobb County, renting the apartment above Carmen and Nick. Oh. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code POD to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code POD at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code POD. Tizo stands for titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. In other words, their commitment to mineral sun protection is right in the name. Tizo is known for having a unique line of all mineral sunscreens with different textures and finishes that cater to every skin type and tone. 
Sunscreen application may seem burdensome, but with Tizo, it doesn't have to be. Their sunscreens have been meticulously crafted to seamlessly fit into your daily routine. Whether it is saving a step in the morning with an SPF that doubles as a makeup primer or giving your skin a glow before running errands, Tizo has you covered. All Tizo sun protection formulas have broad spectrum protection and are 100% free of chemical sunscreens, dyes, parabens, gluten, preservatives, fragrances, and phthalates. Check out Tizo's mineral sunscreens and so much more at TizoSkin.com. That's T-I-Z-O Skin.com. Shop with code LISTEN10 to receive 10% off your first order. Dacre was released from the hospital on October 13th, 1995, soon after Carmen's car was broken into at work and nothing was taken. It was just rifled through, but police think Dacre broke into her car to get her new phone number and address from her address book because around this time, the phone call started back up. On Friday, October 20th, it was business as usual at Lottie's apartment with the phone ringing nonstop. So she finally took it off the hook and immediately she heard Carmen's phone start ringing. All she heard was Carmen pick it up and immediately hang up. We still don't know what was said, but Carmen told her sister and brother-in-law, who was, I think, at her apartment, that it was, quote, Lottie's stalker. Oh, God. The call freaked Carmen out so bad that she started sleeping with a hammer right next to her bed. Two days later, she was murdered. (gasps) Okay. So... Riddled with guilt, Lottie told the cops all this and was like, it has to be him. Mm -hmm. So Dacre is officially number one suspect. They got a search warrant to search his house. And at his house, they find a piece of paper with Lottie's new address on it. They also found a torn up letter written to Lottie and they put it together and it's threatening and hateful. And the last sentence says, I'm going to get revenge on you, but I'll let you live. (gasps) Again, it's torn up, so he never he decided not to send it, but still, holy shit. Yeah, holy shit. They send everything they collected from the crime scene, <laughs> the hair, the fibers, to the state lab, but it's 1995. They really mm-hmm. couldn't do anything with DNA at this point, so everything came back inconclusive. The hairs barely had any tissue from the root, so even if they had the most advanced technology, like they just were not going to be able to test it. I believe the blood that was sent was Nick and Carmen's. So that's pretty much all they had. Yeah. All they really had was circumstantial evidence. So they couldn't charge Dacre with Carmen's murder, but they definitely had stalking. Yeah. So Dacre was arrested for aggravated stalking and goes to trial in September 1996. They found him guilty. He's sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh, okay. Bye, Dacre. That's fine and all, but everyone's pissed and scared because he he's essentially got away with murder and in, in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really second guessing this, and I know there's going to be a twist because I'm like, why would he kill? Why would he stab a little boy? Okay, if he was caught off guard, I mean, I don't know. Mm. After he was sentenced, Lottie and Nick went back to as normal of a life as you could. Nick moved in with his aunt and uncle. Um, I think Lottie moved briefly out of Georgia from what I gather, but she's back there now, I think. So I don't know. She didn't move the house, definitely. But Mm -hmm. in 2006, Dacre was released. Ten years comes and goes. Oh, God. He gets a job in Atlanta suburb. 
police provided security to Nick had and had a cop sitting outside their house at night. And they also installed cameras all around the property. Lottie was also freaking out, even though she had moved. She was just waiting for the stalking to start back up. Yeah. And of course, by this point, sadly, Carmen's murder case is cold. Oh, yeah. In 2008, the detective who was assigned to Carmen's case, John Dawes, went to a DNA training and learned about nuclear DNA and how the lab can now come up with a full profile, even with minuscule amounts of tissue on the root. And he immediately thought of Carmen Smith. Mm -hmm. He submitted it to the state lab again, the hair they found, and it came back with an exact match to Dacre. Oh. In September 2012, Dacre finally goes to trial for Carmen's murder. And with the team of experienced attorneys advising him, he represents himself. Oh, perfect. I love a representation for yourself. Like, on a murder trial. No law degree. Really sure of yourself. That Let's just roll the dice, man. I'm Worked jealous. out really well for Ted Bundy. It works out for everyone. It I'm does. jealous of the confidence. Uh-huh. His team told him to focus on the evidence and attack the science behind it. Do not talk about Lottie. Uh-oh. You know what he does? His opening statement's like, let's talk about Lottie. <laughs> I don't know if it was the opening statement, but he did the opposite of that advice. Mm-hmm. What are, you, what are you paying these people for? <laughs> what, anyway, he started talking about how he and Lottie were lovers. He was not stalking her. She's a liar. They've been intimate in every way, he says. This is actually something he has said before, and Lottie adamantly denied it. She even called his mom early on when she heard he was saying this and was like, I, tell him to cut it the fuck out. And his mom was like, I know it isn't true. He has mental health problems. I'll talk to him. And your credibility credibility is shot when we walk in and you're wearing a garter. The moment <laughs> you put a garter on your body, there goes Just, your credibility. Fancying yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Not only did Lottie say this never happened, they were never intimate, but she said he never even tried. Like he never tried to kiss her. He nothing. She was like, I don't know why he says this. Hmm. The prosecutor said that Dacre came off as creepy, which worked in their favor. Plus, Lottie and Nick, who was 21 at this point, Nick, mm -hmm. both testified and told the court their horrifying experiences with Dacre. After a two-week trial, Dacre was found guilty on 11 counts, including felony murder and assault, and was sentenced to life plus 47 and a half years. Both Lottie and Nick were extremely relieved and felt like they could finally feel safe again. Lottie said that she hopes her story will motivate others to do what she should have done the second the stalking began and urge people to call the police the second they feel unsafe because it will not stop. Aww. However, in March 2013, about six months after Dacre's sentence, Lottie files two affidavits recanting her testimony of each trial. Oh. She confessed that she made up the entire thing. <gasps> what? Where did you find the story? Really? Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it on Dateline forever ago and kind of recently it was on again. I was like, I remember this being batshit because I can recognize the people and I watched it again. I was like, yeah, 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 it's batshit. That's right. Oh my God, Lottie, you are doing us women no favors. Well, let's get there. So 
She said she was suffering from anxiety, depression, manic episodes, and had been using painkillers and other substances when she accused him of all this. She went on to say that Dacre never threatened her or her daughter, never assaulted her, nothing. She also admitted that she and Dacre were in a consensual romantic relationship. He spent the night over at their house a lot, and the reason his DNA was on the blanket that was found on top of Carmen's body was because Lottie had given that blanket to Carmen, and it was the same blanket she and Dacre had recently slept with. So, of course, his DNA was on it. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. Even though the most terrifying parts of her story weren't true, the garter, all of that crap. Bullshit? Yep. Bum. Bummer. All that, even though all that stuff wasn't true, there are a few things that have to be real. In the trial, they apparently heard recorded phone calls where she's begging him to stop calling. Oh. Also, Carmen's sister and brother-in-law confirmed that when Carmen got that call and hung up, she did say that was Lottie's stalker. But we don't know what Lottie was telling Carmen. True. Like, she lied to a courtroom full of people. She's going to lie to her neighbor, too, I'm sure. Yeah. And even though Lottie didn't know this at the time, the threatening letter they found in his house that was ripped up. Oh, yeah. Obviously, was real. So there were for sure some mental health issues. And Mm -hmm. Lottie said there were times that she was scared of him. So at the time, she genuinely believed that he may have murdered Carmen, which is why she just ran with it but after the verdict was read she was just riddled with guilt yeah and decided to come forward with this with this revelation dacre filed a motion for a new trial and a year after his life sentence they have a hearing for the new trial and again dacre represents himself perfect lottie took the stand and had a vastly different testimony this time dacre asked if he ever threatened her she says no He asks, has he ever stolen her bra or underwear and hung them on a doorknob? No. She says, she goes on to say that Dacre was the victim after everything she put him through. She ruined his life. But the prosecutor was not buying it. He cross-examines her and presents 4,000 pages of letters between Lottie and Dacre that that were found in Dacre's prison cell. They'd been communicating like the second he was sentenced. Among them were devotionals and encouraging words that she sent him every single day. Oh, my God. But there was also a lot of research requests from Dacre to Lottie so she could help with his appeal. She, she said put was, him there. She said <laughs> he really doesn't have anyone else. Might feel bad for the guy. Uh, yeah. She said she was like his secretary and would do a ton of research and send it to him with case files. And then she would just wait for his next request. So oh, the pro- my God. So the prosecutor's like, he's manipulating her from prison. This, like, she didn't make up her testimony. He, the, that all really happened. Mm. Then he points out that she never mentioned letting Carmen borrow a blanket. And when he asked her to describe the blanket, she said she couldn't remember. Mm. So I'm like, I can't decide. Yeah. And yeah. it's like 15 plus years later. Yeah. But if it was a blanket I had just given someone and then they were later, later murdered, it would probably mm-hmm. be fried my, bl- my brain. Yeah. So he's like, nah, you remember the blanket. Come on. Lottie was so determined to get Dacre out of prison that she took a second mortgage on her house to help pay for the defense team. Oh, my God. Something is going on with these two. 
and there's help. some dysfunction in these two. My God. Yeah. And I just realized my sentence said help pay for the defense team. No, she's paying for it. What he's paying for it for from prison? Yeah. Prison, two cents an hour to organize whatever. No. Oh my God. She also added him as a beneficiary on no. her life <laughs> on her life insurance, where he would get a third. Her daughter would get a third. And by this point, she had had a son. He would get a third. So Dacre's split evenly between her kids. Oh, my God. If I were her kids, I'd be, you know what? We're good. Let's just cut ties. You're weird. You're this weird mom. Something's happening. Yeah. And I want no part of it. But at the end, the judge wasn't buying it either and denied the request for a new trial, saying that Lottie had no credibility and her new testimony seemed concocted by Dacre. Which very well could be true, and in which case I'll apologize to Lottie. But something seems batshit with both of them. I think they both have mental health issues. Oh. I mean, <laughs> so you're a bitch. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. But it's true. I'm like, I because even the tamest parts of her story, like calling a bunch, that letter, like there was yeah. creep, scary stuff going on. But you're still going to go back to that? He's in prison for life. You're safe now. Why are right. you communicating? So uh, there are issues on both ends. You moved to get away from him, supposedly. I don't Well, okay. So Dacre's still in prison. Even today, he's appealed several times, as recently as March of this year, but gets denied every time. Lottie says she's going to stick with this until all of his appeals are exhausted. One thing I, I held back during the 2012 trial the owner of the paintball place said that Lottie seemed to be the one obsessed with Dacre. And he, the owner, told her he, she couldn't play there anymore because she, he was worried about this relationship because she was 30, he was 17, which is the legal, the legal age in Georgia's 16. So it wasn't illegal, but he was like, I just don't like it. So he actually banned her. So that wow. was an interesting take. And then my other unknowns are, that's perjury. Is I was Lottie about to say, gonna, is Lottie going to get charged with perjury? I was going to ask that. And the Dateline, and I, actually, I urge everyone to watch the Dateline because they, I think the first half of it is when she, before she recants her testimony, so she's putting on the show of like, he is a psycho, he's stalking me. Oh, I love that. And it, even when I watched it the first time, I'm not kidding. I was like, this looks like bad acting. She's like crying really hard, um, but like, it's it's not good acting. And well, then I need an episode and season number. You know, there's a million datelines. It's something in Cobb County, um, like a murder in Cobb County or something is the title. Well, uh, that's not what I asked for at all. But then they re when she recants it, they sit back down with her. And, and mm. Andrea Cannon's like, so you lied. She's like, uh-huh. Like, it's the weird, it's bizarre. Oh, yeah, I would love to see that. Okay. But in, in the second half of that, she says she is scared she's going to prison for perjury, but it's been, a, there's no updates. Maybe because she's, maybe her mental the, health, it plays a factor. Maybe yeah. Like, well, and the judge doesn't believe. Right, yeah. That he, she lied the first time, but she would have lied the second time. I mean, she did the hearing. Yeah. Whatever, anyway. So, but also my biggest one is, at the time of the murder, her daughter was 10. And now she's saying, like, this was my boyfriend. Can we not just ask the daughter? Like, was this man your mom's boyfriend? Was he insane? Was he at your house a lot? Was he yelling at her a lot? Like, what, yeah. what was that dynamic? Were you ever home during any of these, like, 
possible attacks or threats. Right. Or, or were you home and he was her boyfriend and they were cooking in the kitchen and dancing and having the best time. Right. She was 10. Um, right. Are you, you going to tell me we don't know who the killer is? No. Well, Dacre's, in, that's the end. Dacre's <gasps> in jail. <laughs> was what? That yeah. Dacre is in jail currently. The judge and prosecution all believe, and actually Nick believes that he is the one responsible. I kind of do too. I think there's just issues on both ends. Lottie could be a problem. Dacre, the letter really, his hair being on the blanket makes sense now. That can't be black and white DNA evidence to me because I'm like, well, yeah, that, his hair probably was on it. The yeah, letter's thrown out in my head. The letters to spot on. I'll get revenge, but I'll let you live. And then two day. Well, no, we don't know when the letter was written, but they found that right when her neighbors murdered. I don't know. Seems I have like a, I have a lot of questions about this, and a lot of research to do. It's like the move she moved to get away from him. How did he find her? Because that's oh, she, she scrambled through the car. Yeah, they uh, her car was broken because she, she, she didn't move work. She always worked at the same place. And part of her allegations were that he would follow her to work, follow her home. So he went to her place of work and busted in her car and got her address book. Are there any um, like identifiable features? Is he like crazy, crazy tall or crazy short or something that no average the kids could be like? That guy's too skinny to be who attacked us. No. Where's, where's Carmen's ex-husband? Why does he live with um, aunt and uncle? That was dicey. Uh, I don't know. He was, was really questioned first, I'm sure. But Well, he was. And he was. He admitted that they did have an argument the morning uh, she was murdered. But I think they ruled him out pretty quickly. He and took he wouldn't stab his son. No. And he... Any, um, I don't know. He took the stand during the trial, which anyone could do this, but like gave a very tearful test. Like he just didn't seem like to be a likely suspect, especially because he stabbed his son. I don't know why Nick didn't live with them. Someone on Reddit said it might not have been his biological dad. Like it was like mm. someone he looked to as a dad, but then they broke up. So that might be the reason. Um, but I don't know. This is very interesting. I need a whole mental analysis on these people. When she, after she recanted the testimony, she also told the prosecution was like, can we have a word with you, please? Before the hearing. And she told them that like, she has been mentally evaluated. She was prescribed medicine that she rarely takes. She oh, that's like, no they good. really, really urged her to seek treatment. And she like, was like, nah. Mm, that never works out so there's sometimes he could have um put her up to it prosecution had been dead on me like, yeah he's manipulating her from prison i i don't know how if you went through the trouble of putting him away I, oh i'm so confused i'm wondering if it's like a i can change him thing uh-huh like, like that we're, we are destined to be together maybe they did start consensual it started out great and then mm -hmm. took a horrible turn for the worse. And maybe she's holding on to the good stuff. I don't they're, know. Maybe they're twin flames. I still I, don't get what that means. I, I don't know what that means. Me neither. But I know it's, 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 a I know it's topical. So <laughs> maybe they're twin flames. Totally. 
Oh my God, well, that was a horrible story. Left me more questions than answers. Oh, I know. Sorry about it. <laughs> you are the best, people are the worst. Bye.